Yo. Hello, everybody. It's uh, your boy. Your boy, boy. You know what it is, but in case you don't, you're tuning in to another episode of the Where in the World podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Nats. Nats B. On the track G. Blazing. Nathan. Asian Persuasion. Just trying to get the energy up. Yo, yo. Do I sound good? I don't know yet. I'll find out after. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Welcome to another episode of Where in the World podcast. I'm your host, Nats. I already just said that in the intro, but I feel like saying it again. If you're new to the channel, Where in the World podcast is a podcast aimed at travel enthusiasts, expats living abroad, or those curious to possibly relocate or take a jump in the deep end in terms of travel and real big change. Um, If you tuned in last week, you'll notice that there's been a few changes. One, what is this colorful little ball, you ask? This here, I've decided to... um, keep next to me to join the podcast as my guest and I'm going to speak to it like so I just don't feel alone and I'm I'm kind of like Tom Hanks with that balloon when he's on Castaway that's what this represents now you're probably asking what what this is well it's a humidifier um why these started popping up all over my house and um I only realized pretty much a week or two ago it started in the back somewhere near the bathroom little thing plugged inside it was green I didn't know what it was I didn't realize there was a few more of these planted all over then there was one near the kitchen there was, there's one in, in the near the bed and it, it it blows smoke out of nowhere at random times and I started seeing them everywhere and I started freaking out like am I being invaded by robots right now like all these little droids are appearing all over our apartment we've got if the overhead cam I don't know if you can see it, but there's one right at the top corner where I've got these plants up here, where the window is. But there's one up there as well. And every hour or so, out of nowhere, I might be having a nap. And then, this random, like, shot of gas. And I just can't deal with it. There's all these smells all over over the apartment. I don't know how to feel about it. Am I getting poisoned? Um, It's overwhelming. And um, for the podcast, I do have to keep the window closed because of the sound. I need to isolate everything as much as I can. And um, it's quite hot as well. Um, Where in the world are we right now? I forgot to mention that at the start. We're in East London. Still, past few episodes, it has been. I don't think it's going to change. I haven't booked anything yet. Like I said, the only trip um, concrete is uh, in October where I'll be going to San Sebastian with some friends. And that's not for a while, but anything can change. So I'm still betting on the day that this podcast, I'll be able to intro where in the world are we right now? And I'll say some random country, city or whatever. Um, But that's still in the process. So, um, Mr. Humidifier, I'm going to continue. If you notice another thing, I have a new little toy. This is a Rode pod mic, and I've been contemplating getting an upgrade for a while um, purely because I have been podcasting for pretty much a year and a bit now my old mic just to get a bit technical and geeky with you guys but my old microphone 
was a Rode NT1A, which is a studio condenser microphone. Just to dumb it down for the peeps that aren't really into their audio tech gear, that microphone is predominantly for vocals, for singing vocals. And if you guys have followed my journey for a while, you'll know that I used to make, still, still try, well, I'm trying to get into it, but I used to make music. And that microphone is excellent for studio recording, especially if you have a very well-treated room because it's extremely sensitive. It captures everything. The past two episodes, I mentioned every time I need to invest in a dynamic mic because if I simply fart, burp, or breathe, you're going to catch all of it, which is a no-go when it comes to this type of format. And obviously, this room, high ceilings, a lot of echo, and it gives a headache to my friends in Sydney when I do a podcast with them on the cheat coders. I'll send them my vocals. They're in a well-treated room, and when we meld everything together, suddenly I have this echo, like, what the hell? It doesn't match kind of thing. So, new microphone. Um, I have to give a shout-out, give plenty of thanks to two people that have invested into this thing we got going here. Shout-outs to my good friend, Will, who's taken a keen interest on this podcast. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for your donation. And also thank you to Nadine, Nads, the co-host, for putting in, like, believing in this podcast. And I'm not going to lie, it's it's added a little bit of pressure, but I've taken it as good pressure because... At first, I didn't want anything. I'm like, look, it's too early, early stages. I'd prefer just, I'd prefer, prefer support in a form of just, just watching or listening, following, liking or subscribe. And on that note, if you're watching this, you've just tuned in or if you've checked the last few episodes, um, the biggest form of support that you can do for me right now is simply just, just watching it. So... That's that. Um, I did want to give one more shout out. Now, if you're feeding off my desktop, I'm going to bring up the um, the links if you're interested in possibly podcasting or this product in general. I was going to share my affiliate link for Amazon because if you buy through the link, I get money somehow. But I don't feel right doing it because I didn't actually buy it from Amazon. So if you're in London, I discovered this company, this store called, what is it called? PMT. What does that stand for? Professional Music Technology. Now, I hate buying shit online because once I buy it, it's so like, it's such a tease. Like you press click, order, all that, and then you have to wait. And also I get paranoid. Like I'm an overthinker. I think the worst, like my package is going to get stolen or damaged. And it's a microphone. And it's not a cheap microphone, as you can see. It's a 99-pound microphone. If you buy it on Amazon, it's about 110 with postage. That's 120. And 20 pounds is a lot. Like, you know, that's two meals, depending where you eat. So I decided to pick this up in-store. It was on the way home. I went to the store in Old Street. Great staff, very helpful, easy, in and out. And voila, here we go. This is my first time testing this microphone. I hope it sounds good. I don't know yet. I'll find out after um, post-production. But I was really dabbling on either getting this microphone and another microphone called the Rode Procaster. And pretty much my week consisted of like, which one do I get? 
this was a clear winner at first because I was like, shit, it's 99 pounds. I'll just go for this. I don't need anything fancy as long as it works. But then for some reason on Amazon, I found the Procaster for about 120. No, it was 120 without postage. So essentially the same price if I bought the PodMic online too. So now I'm in this dilemma and this wormhole of like, crap, I don't want to miss out on getting a significantly better microphone for only 20 pounds more. Um, so in my wormhole of looking at YouTube, I did come across a channel. This guy is a legend. Um, I'm not going to play the sound, I'm going to play his video. But shout outs to Shane from Geeky Nerdy Techie. So when I watch Shane's review, it actually really helped me define why I chose to go with the pod mic. Um, and also cause the price of the Procaster just went up the same night. It went back to 140 pounds. So I was kind of like, okay, nah, I'm going to the pod mic. But shout outs to Shane. Thanks, mate. If you're watching this, really helped me decide. I was going to make my own review unbox type video. And I realized that's not my thing. Like, what's the point? Like there's a hundred other videos out there. So I'm going to keep the link below. You can make your decision if you're deciding to get into podcasting. This mic is specified in, for podcasts. It's a podcast microphone. Um, but I'm going to have to start learning to really talk into the microphone. Because I tend to do a bit of these. You know, I tend to go around the room. And I could before with my condenser mic because it could just capture everything. But now that I've got this, um, I'm going to get my radio on and consistently speak to the mic. So... Moving forward, um... I'm just going to go in on this topic, and I wanted to talk about solo travel. Why solo travel? What is it about solo travel that is so appealing? I love solo travel, first and foremost. I got to tell you, it is, it's my favorite form of traveling. I tell people that, not that I don't like traveling with people. I love traveling with groups. I love traveling with Nadine. I love to travel with, if it's just a one-on-one -on -one with someone. But more than anything, I love to travel alone. And I never knew I did until I did it. And um, prior to moving to London, I didn't really travel much at all. I only did America. Came to London, it's my first time in Europe. I think it was maybe about two, a month or two in was when I decided I'm just going to do a solo trip. Like when I first looked at it, I was like, I didn't know how to travel plan. Like I said, I, I'm, I was such a noob at it. I didn't know anything. In my past, um, in my past life, in like before when I was in Sydney, um, I never planned. It was always either friends or my, my ex-partner at the time. I never really did anything I just went with it this is my first time of like this is all gonna be me I gotta do this I don't know anyone here I'm just gonna go it alone like people do that right so I started looking and I tried to pretty much do a bit of a euro trip like I, I tried to plan an itinerary where I just keep going because you hear about these stories of people just taking off and bang they're backpacking doing that carefree I could not connect anything I was like over planning it I was like crap this is harder than I thought it's really costly then eventually I, I scrapped that idea and I was like look I just got to book something doesn't matter if I just go for a weekend where's somewhere I can go alone that's somewhat safe somewhere I actually want to go not just for the sake of it and it just came to mind I was like you know what I want to go to Iceland 
Iceland has been, I wouldn't say it was a dream, but it was like back in Sydney, I was like, that would be an amazing trip. Like I would love to go to Iceland one day. And as for me, when I like set my mind onto something, I research this shit out of it. Like my life becomes that. I was like, okay, how am I going to tackle this? How am I reading every blog I could, watching every whatever's on YouTube, every company? Should I do a guided tour? Should I just hire a car? Should I just do this? Eventually, I just booked it. I got the flights because I realized I'm just going to be in circles and never do anything if I don't just go for it. I booked the flight and I figured I'm just going to go with it, see what happens, take it as it comes. Now, I realized that was a mistake because the flights to Iceland is, are extremely cheap. Um, I can't remember from the top of my, my head how much it was, but I thought I got a bargain. I'm like, hell yeah, killing it already with the travel. I just started and I'm killing it. Who else could do that? So I got the flights, but then when I looked at the accommodation, then my auntie was like, oh, you're going to Iceland. You know, it's expensive, right? Like food. And I'm like, nah, it should be all right. It wasn't until I really started looking into the logistics and I was like, okay, shit. Like I had enough savings to like, you know, start my journey in London, but I wasn't working. There wasn't no cash flow coming in. So I was mindful. I was very tight with my money for the first time ever. I'm like extremely tight with everything. And I'm like, dude, I got to really, really maybe get back on the planning wagon because yeah, I might end up going back to Sydney. So I said like half the trip, I'm going to book a hostel in Reykjavik, 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 I don't know how to say it, the capital. And I can wing that. Like I can figure out what to do because I did want that, you know, freedom. I didn't want to just be stuck on a tour. But at the same time, I didn't want to miss everything because I knew there was a big potential that if I leave it all up to me, I might go to Iceland and not actually see Iceland. So I found a tour, uh, a guided tour um, that pretty much covered everything. Like it'll take you to the pretty much the South Rim, all the all the glaciers, the the that psh, that blowhole thing. Um, it, it came with a glacier hike, ice caves. I was like, yeah, that's that's some Iceland shit. I want that. So I booked that. Mind you, extremely expensive. But at least it was all covered. The transportation, the accommodation, and just, just everything. It was all set out for you. And I was, I was happy with that. I was like, I've paid that. That's fine. Even if on my four days of free roam, if I fail, it's okay. I've got this tour to save me. So I'm all ready to go. My auntie drops me off to the station. This is it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Iceland. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this goes. It's my first solo trip. It's my first time in a hostel. That's another thing I wanted to tell you guys. I've never done the hostel thing. I'm 32. And I think it's a bit of... I, my mind was, I think it's a young thing. Like, it's what you do when you're younger. It's budget. It's a way to meet people. You're sharing. It's a shared space. So I'm like, I don't... I don't know what that is. Like, it's an experience in itself. I'm like, oh, I was really nervous about that. Can I tell you guys? I was actually more nervous about just the hostel thing. Because you think, you know, what goes down in these hostels? So I'm on the way, get on the plane, 
quick flight, I don't know, two, two three hours, touchdown, and I'm in Iceland. Um, get off the plane. And for, for some reason, I had this urge. I was just like, I'm just like panicking. I'm like, what am I? What do you do in these situations? Maybe I should get some alcohol. So when I meet my hostel friends, like make some friends at the hostel, it'd be a bit of an icebreaker. And like, you know, um, here's my offering people type thing. So I went to the duty free and I got this Icelandic vodka. Um, brought that. And then I can't remember if I caught an Uber, if I trained it in or whatever. Probably an Uber. I was such a noob that I was like, I don't want to take any risks. So I got the Uber straight into Reykjavik. Get to the hostel and I, I check in. I'm here. I'm amping myself up. It's like, okay. Can I tell you guys, like, those that don't know me, those that do know me will know this already. But if you've just tuned in, I have extreme social anxiety. People will not believe that because I am quite sociable. But a lot of the times I'm dying inside. It's only once I get to know people and I'm comfortable with them, I can somewhat be... Um, in a bit of a level state, but majority of the time I'm overthinking, overanalyzing everything that I do and every sort of interaction is amplified. So now I'm just on the way to this hostel, like, shit, here we go. I might, you know, um, I hope they accept me. Fellow travelers accepts another solo fellow traveler. Let's bond in Iceland. I get to the reception. I'm like, hey, I'm here to check in. I'm trying to be friendly, trying to, you know. Oh, first time in Iceland. So lame, bro. It's five o'clock. It's five o'clock. Um, very friendly staff. They give my key. This is the room. Here's your towel, yada, 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 all that. Great. I'm like, okay, so that's how you do it. Cool. Now I'm going towards the room. In my mind, I'm like, I'm thinking there's like a party in there. Like, everyone's going to be there. What's up? Like, I'm just, that's, this is my, I've never done it before, right? It's my perception. That's what I think that's going to happen. So, I walk towards the door. I'm nervous. My face is confident. I look like I'm ready to mingle and socialize, but I'm doing this. You can't see the YouTube. I'm shaking. Open the door and open it. Fling it open. The room's practically empty. There's one guy, he's on his bed, in his pajamas. He doesn't really look like he wants to socialize. So I'm like, okay, there's no one here. I guess it makes sense. People are here to travel, so they're traveling. I find an empty bunk. This guy is still there. I don't think he's, I think he's purposely trying not to notice me. I tuck away my vodka. I realize I don't need it. I think I'm the only one that's going to drink this. I settle in, put some, you know, not get like just freshen up a little bit. Then eventually I'm like, nah, you know what? I came here to to meet people, to, you know, do the solo travel thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna initiate conversation with this guy. I walk up to him, I was like, Hey mate, Nathan, how are ya? He's like, hey, hey, hey. Some American dude, you know, he's like, Hey, what's up? And then that was it. That was the end of the interaction. And that was it. I thought there'd be more. But that was that was the extent of my hostel experience. Sorry for the the hype, but my expectation versus reality was completely different. Okay, so second day. This is my mindset. I'm like, I'm gonna get changed, get ready, get some breakfast at the uh the shed, the the hostel, whatever. They have breakfast um there. And then I'll just go. I'll um I'll start walking and 
figure myself out. I realize Iceland, even though it's a really small country, it's still big on foot. It's not like I'm going to get anywhere walking. So I'm walking, walking, walking around a bunch of nothing, just buildings and a main road. I realize I'm not going to make it anywhere on foot. I'm going to need to at least do some public transport, um, maybe get a bike, hire a car. I was like, I'm not seeing nothing. I'm just here. I'm just wandering around like an idiot. So I decided, you know what? YOLO. I'm here. It's my first time. Let's just do it. I'm going to hire a car. So I took, I checked where's the first, well, the closest um, car hire place I could find. And it was far. Part of me was like the 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 logic the logical thing for any normal human to do is get public transport, figure out how to catch a bus. Um, I don't know, get a taxi or something. But I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was just so like, oh, I'm just going to stay by myself. So I walked and it was the longest walk. It was like an hour and a half to get to the car rental. Mind you, I kept myself entertained. I just kept Instagramming myself like, yep, just walking through these industrial places, it was, it was like, it wasn't even like a, a scenic walk. It was just through, you know, office spaces and industrial. Fast forward, I get to the car rental place and I'm like, hey, I'd like to hire a car. And, you know, I get a car, I get this nice little Ford, not even little, it was an SUV for myself. And I'm trying to get tips like, where can I go? And they're, they're telling me you can go north, you can go south. You can do this. And it's not really registering. I'm realizing it's like none of this is going to make sense to me. I think I'm better off just just winging it again. So I get the car. And I knew this. They drive on the left. Wait, what's the normal side for Aussies? We drive on the left? They drive on the right side. Oh, shit. You know what I mean. I don't want to mess this up. I'm having a mind. I haven't driven in a long time, guys, okay? But essentially... We were driving, I'd have to be driving on the other side of the road. And the last time I did that was in America, a long time ago. Thank God that hardly anyone drives in Iceland or everyone drives really slow or the the roads are extremely wide. But I just got in the car and just started going and just got a feel of it. I drove around the main city and I figured, you know what? I don't know where to go. I don't know where the landmarks are. Let's just go. Let's just go somewhere. And I just took off. I just started driving out. I just wanted to go out into the countryside. Now, mind you, it still really hasn't hit me yet. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm in Iceland, but not that real, like, oh, shit, I'm in Iceland. I hadn't had that yet. Because, um, let me backtrack a little. I did speak to a few people about traveling solo prior to the trip. I read a lot of blogs, um, and the reoccurring, um, statement or, Thing that people would talk about is um, how solo travel is almost like a spiritual type journey. It's like a way to really like open and find yourself. At this stage, I'm like, I'm not really. I'm just kind of, I'm just just trying to figure this out and not be an idiot and fail miserably. So I did a few things. I um, stopped by. I did, Nothing really crazy. Like, I just did my thing and just stopped wherever I wanted, take a photo here and there, and went back. All right, so fast forward to the second day. I've got my 
got my car, parked it in the hostel. I'm ready to go. I'm like, I'm going to do a hike. When I went back to the car rental company, that's when I decided, hey, I'd like to take the car again for another day. Made the payment. And I asked, for real, like, where can I go? Like, what's a specific, like, a hike? I'd really like to go on a hike. And they mentioned a few really, like, complicated names. But I decided, okay, stuff it. I'll just, that one. And I typed it in my Google um, Google Maps, and off I go. They said, there's no reception, so be careful. Um, so I figured I'd keep that, that coordinate, and that's it. That's as far as I'll go, because um, I don't know if I'll be able to get back. Get on the road, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, this is it. I'm on my journey. I'm like, okay, we're on route. It's about 30, 30 minutes to an hour, and I get there, park. There's not many people in this hike. There's about four or five cars that I can see and no one in sight. I don't know what time it was, probably midday, bit after midday, bit late to start a hike, but I'm like, it didn't look like a very difficult hike. So I'm en route, I'm walking now by myself, all my camera gear, hiking boots, just decked out like I'm ready for a hike. Long hike, mind you, I went through a few things on trail, seeing beautiful waterfalls, not, not a single person in sight. I'm just, I'm stopping here and there, take a photo. I just felt so alive. I'm like, dude, this is sick. Like, I was just banking footage. I didn't know what I was going to use it for, but I was loving it. Still really hadn't hit me. I I hadn't had that feel of like, I don't know what this feel was. I keep telling you this feeling, but since the start, I was just waiting because like I've read about it. I've been, um, people have told me about it and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just traveling, I'm whatever, this is what you do, yeah, I live in London and I'm traveling now, this is what you do, right, yeah, walking, 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 this hike is really kind of uncharted, not many people do it, I think, and it had just rained the previous day, so it's getting a bit, I wouldn't say dangerous, but quite difficult, there's mud, it's wet, it's slippery, there's a few times I walked and I just sank into the into the dirt and I'm avoiding it, but I'm like it's not submerged me yet. Like my full shoe hasn't gone into the mud. I'm just I'm I'm surviving. When I started to actually get worried, is when I'm on this trail and now I fell. I pretty much I got mud in my socks. And I'm like, okay, this is not right. Well, this is part of hiking, but I'm like, okay, this is getting really hard. Is this normal? Um, I start cutting in a few corners. Now I'm going through a few, like, you know, that tall grass or whatever, like through patches of grass. It's getting a bit wild, like not a trail anymore. And I'm getting too far. Now I'm, I'm, I'm walking it's starting to split. Like I'm saying like, are these multiple trails or am I just not there anymore? Fast forward, I eventually get to a point where I finally see something like a sign. And I'm just like, okay, I think I may have just took a random way and um, I'm still en route, but there's no one here and I'm by myself. Now I'm like just already, I'm tired, like physically tired. It's a physically demanding hike. I've got mud in my shoes all over me. I feel dirty. I'm literally like sitting, like not caring anymore. 
drinking water and putting it in the waterfall, just getting fresh water. I'm like, I'm a survival mode. This is where my auntie saved my life. Like I packed so much in this trip. She made me bring all these snacks, like muesli bars and all these things. And I'm just like, no, I don't want I don't need, I'm just going to buy food when I get there. That shit saved my life because that was in my backpack and I was so hungry. And I had enough to sort of survive a bit because Iceland, expensive, dude. It got to a point that I was just living off noodles for a bit because I'm like, I can, cannot spend any more. This place is going to send me, send me home broke. So I'm like rationing these muesli bars. I'm like, you know what? I don't know where this hike even goes to. I kind of just did it. And I'm, I don't even know if it's ended already. Did I just keep going by accident? But anyway, it's getting late. It's about maybe four or five. It's like, mind you, by the way, I went, oh shit, I should have said this to you guys. I went to Iceland around March, March or April, almost into April. And that's winter, okay? Context. So it, the sun dies down a bit earlier. So I can see it. It's starting to get darker. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep going, see where this hike leads, and we'll get there. I'm getting into higher ground and I'm hearing like an echo, like birds, but it's a very echoey sound. Like they're just, I'm like, what is that? I keep going towards the horizon, walking, walking, and I'm up this cliff face and I'm going to show you a picture. I got to a sign that said, basically, if the water is over the, the rocks, don't cross cause the tide, like not the tide, but if it goes, if it rises up or down, there's a possibility you can't cross back. And I wasn't willing to take that risk. So that's why I ended up climbing up this mountain instead on the side of the water. You got me? Did that explain that right? I hope so. Eventually, I walk up the this mountain to, to get to this valley. And I can sort of see a glimpse of it, but I keep walking up, walking up. If you're not seeing my desktop feed, guys, I'm just going to bring it up here and I'm going to explain it to the people listening on Spotify. But if you're on YouTube, this is what I saw. It may not be much. It's just like a photo. It looks like just any any place in Iceland. You could just Google Iceland. The picture doesn't do it justice. But when I saw this, I stopped. I was just like, I need to take this in. Because this, this was by far the most majestic thing I've seen. It's not even like a thing that people go. Like, you know, when, when you look up tourist websites, they'll take you to this, this particular waterfall or this particular rock formation. This is just something that I just saw on the way, but it was the craziest thing I saw there. Not even at the end. And I'm pretty much in wilderness by myself. I sat there and I just decided I'm going to take a break and just take this in. Like, I haven't, I've been nonstop for so long. Like not even, like even from since Sydney, since organizing my move, wrapping up my job, finally moving to London, settling in, my mind just never had time to stop or process what the hell I, I'm actually doing and embarking on, the kind of journey I'm doing. When I got here, I stopped and I looked at it, eating my muesli bar, and I cried. I actually... I just started crying. And um, let me explain, because right now I look like a little bitch. It wasn't like tears of joy. Uh, sorry, no. It wasn't tears of sadness. It wasn't, it was nothing like that. But 
you know, that whole spiritual, that whole whoa thing, that realization or whatever. I don't know if you can put it in a moment, but look, this is my personal experience. I don't know if anyone else has felt this, but it's suddenly all of that, that shit I just said, it just came back to me. And it, it's like, it's like only then I realized where I am. Like I started thinking about my family, my friends, what I'd been through the previous year and years and just, just, just like my life flashed kind of thing. And I'm just like, I am in a remote part in Iceland, like the furthest place possible right now. Like when I got to London, I, it still didn't hit me that I was in London. I was still in the company of, you know, family, like that warm home feel. For the first time, I was like remotely alone. There was nobody here. And I'm seeing this, like this was a moment. I'm sharing it with you now, but literally that was a moment for me. And I was just, damn, like, I just started, you know, I don't know which movie it is, but when someone's just so overwhelmed with like, with joy that they just start yelling. I was like yelling at the valley, like, yes! Woo! 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 And I'm crying, I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, thank you, thank you, God, thank you. I'm quite, I get quite spiritual when I get into that moment. And, I don't know, I just, I'll, I'm never gonna forget that moment. Um, I'm so happy that these pictures were recovered. They were, um, I, these are from my camera that I lost all the footage from Norway. I managed to save some in my cloud and looking at it now, I'm just like, this is amazing. And I'm so happy that I'm able to just tell this story because just backtracking again, if you would, if you listen to the first episode, I explained, I lost all my footage in Norway recently, um, just out of stupidity. Like all my videos from my first year in London are gone and I had plans to make a vlog out of it and I'm, I'm kicking myself like I never did it like why didn't I do it this was a story that I've been wanting to share with everyone for so long and I just never did it and now I, I'm, I thought to myself I'm never gonna be able to show it or share it in that way but this podcast has given me um, that opportunity to do it like I don't need the visuals I can tell you exactly how I was feeling in this format and um, even though this is all I have of that hike, I hope like, you know, not to sound corny, but just wanted to share that with everyone really. So, um, yeah, that's that with that. I'm going to take a quick break cause, um, the Iceland journey isn't finished. Um, that was half of the trip. Like I said, I free roamed the first part. And um, there was, there's one more bit of shenanigan that happens before I get into the guided tour. But before that, I'm going to go backtrack real quick to you, for you guys. Um, the Where in the World podcast competition that I started when I first started this podcast. If you don't know already, um, I'm trying to get people to guess where I am in the world right now in that display picture. I'm underwater. I'm gonna give you guys a little tip. I'm gonna play a video real quick, play it here first, then I'm gonna put it on my Instagram. And basically, whoever's first to guess where I am in this picture, 
um, you win. You, you, I'll give you a shout out. Play the voice clip on my on my website here. But as long as no one's guessed it, that's gonna be my DP, and it's killing me because this was like a stock standard image on Anchor that I just kind of did it to have something, and I really want to change it. But the principle of following through with this is what's keeping me from changing it. Someone freaking guess where I am underwater, please. I'm going to play a video to give you guys a hint. Check this out. Where is it? All right, here we are. You ready? Here's a hint. This is a video from that. It's not the still shot, but it's from that. Ready, set, go. there I am see that's the shot not the exact shot but you know you get the point where could I be oh there you go that's a real hint right there damn infinity pool son okay that's that's pretty much it but there you go see I'm swimming take a wild guess if you're watching on um on YouTube, you'll see there's a send voice message um, option there. Send me an audio. It's easy. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on on your laptop, wherever. And yeah, it's just like sending a voice message. Give it a go. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to play these voice messages. How exciting. There might be guesses. There might be something else. And I'm ans I'll answer it for you guys right now. The first message, August 5th, sent by Blessy. Good friend Blessy. Let's play it. Hey, bro. Uh, fully enjoyed that podcast, the first episode. Um, I think it's a great idea. Cheers. And uh, I will definitely be listening because um, as someone that's been influenced by you and other people that are living in the UK, um, looking to make that relocation as well. So I'll be, very, I'll, I'll be listening very intently. Nice. Um, keen to hear more about um, the travels and all the things that have kind of gone wrong and looking forward to sharing some stories oh, yes. with you That's about um, my experiences that as well. I think we could really feed off each other and yeah, I think man. that um, there's value to be given and to be added and that can be shared. So looking forward to that and I know that I will speak to you very soon. Um, this is yeah, very exciting. Speak soon, bro. Thank you, Blessy. Cheers for that. That's a bit of a sneak peek for you guys. Blessy's contemplating, not contemplating, as actually, look, she said it here, so I'm going to say it. I guess it's public knowledge now, but she's taking the steps to do the same move. She's, for those that don't know, Blessy is a good friend. She's a singer, recording artist, um, not a recording artist. She's more of a live um, live singer. She She performs around Sydney, and when she came here for a visit, we got to catch up. And I'd like to take pride in saying I helped influence her to decide to move. So she's in the process of that now. And I, I'd really like to get her on this show to talk about the, the process of moving because I've done it already. I've given her tips and now she's going through the, uh, the hurdles and what needs to be done. And it's a good rehash because I realized I wanted to talk about this in the podcast but because it's been so long and my memory is hazy, I don't know the, the it's, it's very like, it was so long ago that I can't really remember exactly the procedure to do it. So it'd be good to touch base. Um, cheers, Blessy. We'll catch up and we'll do a 
podcast soon. Now, um, the next message is from, it says here, Secret Admirer. But then he put his name and it's Raf. So, yeah. I haven't heard it yet. I'm a bit worried because Raf's a good friend. He's a co-host on The Cheat Coders. So, shout outs. Thanks, bro. I'm just going to play it, bro. I don't know. I don't know what angle you're going to go. Let's go. Hey, Nats. I just want to let you know that your artwork for your podcast looks like the Nirvana cover. You look like a baby floating in the ocean. <laughs> and um, you ask, where, where, where in the world is Nats? I could take a wild guess that maybe, maybe you didn't even leave the country. Ooh. Maybe you just don't want to hang out with the boys. So you created this elaborate plan. And now, maybe you're just hanging in the Blue Mountains. It's all Photoshop. That ocean is probably, (laughs) probably the Hawkesbury River. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're still in Sydney, mate. Oh, shit. So hurry up and get in the car. (laughs) Cheers, Raf. Thanks for your submission. Do you guys think he's right? You are incorrect, my friend. Ba-ba-bam. No, it isn't the Hawkesbury River. And now you've seen a hint. That's definitely not the Hawkesbury River. I should have played the, the hint after. I, don't, I wasn't sure if these clips were related to the competition. But as you can see, I'm in a swimming pool. Funny Raf mentions the Hawkesbury River because apart from podcasting, we also share another very, um, well, pretty much same hobby, and that's fishing. Hawkesbury River was the spot, and I miss it. It's been so long. Shout-outs to the guys, LJ, Chris Chiapoco. That was the four-man team. We'd hire a dinghy, dinghy, dingy, dinghy, a dinghy. Um, there was a point we were doing it weekly, dude. We'd just split a dinghy go out to Hawkesbury and just fish. It became an addiction. I haven't cast in so long, and I miss it, dude. I can't wait to catch up with all you guys again when I am back in Sydney and, um, you know, make some new stories from that. Uh, that's it. Let me, let's go back to the show. After that experience, I had this overwhelming rush that was like, kill it, dude. I've gained my confidence. And I realized when I solo trip, this happens now when I do go solo, I have an enormous amount of anxiety right before the trip. And it's like I put myself in these positions, even just podcasting alone. But when I decide to solo travel, I do it and I freak myself out. I'm like, shit. I, I'm like, why did I book it solo again? Or why do I, why, why do I like going solo, but I'm so afraid of it? And the reason that everything changed is because I keep thinking to that moment in Iceland when I had that feeling. I'm like, I can't describe this feeling of being so alone. And so you, you just, this is the best way to explain it. And this is how I explain it to other people. It just clicked to me again. When you're so alone and so far away and detached from everything, it's the time where you really can own how you feel, like completely own it. Um, doesn't matter if you're sad, if you're angry, if you're happy. 
a lot of time our brain is trying to optimize and configure and trying to just tell you this is what you need to be for the situation you're in. But when you're alone and you just find a way to time out solo, I think that's why I was so overwhelmed. I just, it, all these emotions hit me and I, I, like, it wasn't just joy, but it was also sadness. There's been times I can really own my feelings when I'm feeling sad and it's a, it's healthy. That's all I can say. It's a healthy thing to do. You need time alone. And I always tell that to people. So, um, look, I went on a bit of a tangent again, but basically going back to, back to Iceland, um, I've got pretty much a couple days left. I've got this guided tour coming up. Um, and I've already done this, um, this massive hike. So my mind state is let's keep going. I decided to drive north. I never planned to even drive, mind you. It was only when I realized that I'm not going to get anywhere on foot is when I decided to get the courage to like, all right, let's just drive. And then when I drove, I realized like how capable I was to drive around Iceland by myself. Like there wasn't many cars. I could drive slow. I drive slow naturally, but I drove slower. And I was seeing stuff. I was like, I was just out there, man. I was exploring by myself. I figured I've come this far. Let's keep going. Let's go north. So I kept driving up and I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a high, like a natural high. I'm like, the sun's out. I'm just, I'm happy. I get to, I get to the next waterfall. I get to a point, I'm just like, I'm winging this trip at this point. Like I, I, I'm just Googling, I'm like, where's the next place? Maybe I can go here. Maybe I can go here. I'm getting further and further. I'm getting to the top of Iceland. There's Iceland, if you're seeing the YouTube, but basically if you imagine Iceland as a circular island, we start at the bottom, I'm almost right at the top, at north. I googled what's up there. Now, what's one reason people go to Iceland? What's like one big reason, one particular reason why someone would go to Iceland in winter? The Northern Lights, right? That was a bucket list thing for me. I, I found out about it or heard about it when I was back in Sydney. So it was a no-brainer. I had tied in Iceland, I had every intention to see the Northern Lights. Now, once again, like I said, I go on these tangents of research. I decided to take my chances and bet on myself, not go through a tour guide. Like you could go to a tour guide, but even then it's not guaranteed. And I figured like, I'm at this point, like I'm doing pretty well. I can probably find it myself. Now, I don't know the, the exact, how, how that green formation happens in the sky. It just does. I wanted to see it. I was there for the Northern Lights. So I figured I'm already this far. They say go to a remote place far from the city. So I'm like, this is as remote as it gets. I'm going north. There's nothing in the north end. Like there's not many big towns. Like it gets darker up there. It's closer to the pole as well. So I figured, all right, let's drive up. I stumbled across this rock formation on Google. Now, what is this called? Havistakar, Iceland. Havistakar. Can't pronounce it. So I'm just going to call it the Northern Troll. That's what it's actually called in probably in English, but I've, I've seen it referenced as the Northern Troll. So I'm thinking, let's go here. I could, I could go to this. This looks really cool. If you're not seeing my YouTube um, feed again, it's basically a rock formation. That's, it's this massive rock that's sitting in the middle of the beach. It's got like three legs, so it kind of looks like a monster, like a troll, I guess. 
I figured what better way to see the Northern Lights. It'll be definitely dark there because it's remote. And I get to see this Northern Troll. I drive up. I decide to drive up. Driving, driving, driving. It's a long-ass drive. I mean, I'm going from south to north. It's a good three or four hours. It starts to hit me that this isn't just a simple, like, you know, this is a proper road trip. I think it's longer than four hours, to be honest. And I'm just driving, and I'm, like, getting a bit tired, and um, I'm not seeing any cars anymore. It's pretty much just me. It's getting dark, but obviously you got to go there for the dark. It's the northern lights. I start to see a bit of a tinge of green. I don't know if it's my eyes playing games with me or if I was actually seeing green. But it was almost like getting towards sunset, and I'm excited. The extent of how remote it was getting, if you look, like before it was all green, like, you know, mountains and stuff, at this point, I had crossed over, and now the roads were starting to get icy. Oh, yeah. I looked to my left, and now I realize yeah, everything is now just snow. Just here. snow, ice, sure. and fog in the distance. Like, I can see a bit of mountain, but it's, it's all kind of white. I slow down, because I realize it's getting a bit misty, but I figured, like, this will pass. And when I get to the north, you know... There's obviously, this town's still there. It's not, like, dead. But I figured, like, it's not going to be this the whole way. Now it gets darker and darker. I get out of the giant snow desert. Let's call it the snow desert. It was practically a desert of snow. We're getting closer, about maybe an hour or two to get to the destination. It's dark. I'm in, like, rural Iceland. I mean, Iceland is rural enough, but now I feel like I'm in rural like farms, like no one goes here. I'm starting to think like, am I even going the right way? This doesn't seem like I'm expecting a beach and I'm going through all this countryside and it's dark now. There's no, there's no lights, mind you. They don't have like street lights. So I'm just in my little SUV. It's a bit bumpy. It's a bit creepy, not going to lie. And I'm alone, but I'm pumping music. I'm, I realize how much I love being alone. I'm just like, I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, play whatever I want. And I'm, I feel protected because I'm in my little car, but outside it's a bit spooky. I'm like, I would not want to, I wouldn't want to stop here or break down here. Because one, I can't call anyone. Two, the ratio of how many cars I come across is very minimal and it's getting dark. I don't think anyone, if anything, people were going the other way, like they were leaving. I was going into the abyss, the dark abyss to the north. Fast forward, I finally get to like somewhere that somewhat looks, this is probably the car park, very small car park. I realize it's still a bit far from this rock formation, the Northern Troll or whatever it is. You can't literally, I thought I could just drive up to it and see it from my window. That wasn't the case. I realize it's still a bit of a walk to get to this rock formation. Okay, so to give you guys an idea where in the world, what it looked like, it was actually, it was dark now. It's full-fledged night. Full moon looks beautiful. I can see the ocean. I can see the reflection of the moon on the water. I still can't see this rock formation, though. So I'm thinking, one, I messed up. I'm in the completely wrong area. Um, or two, it's definitely down there more. I just have to keep walking down. 
So I stop my car, turn off the ignition, get out. I find another car there. Only one, one car, two dudes, European, don't know where they're from. I was like, hey, how's it going? Do you guys go down? It's like, yeah, going to um, finish up now. Uh, we just took our photos. They look like photographers. They look legit, like hiking gear, cameras, and then they left. So I realized, okay, it's just me now. I'm by myself again. Let's go. Let's go down. I decided to walk down this um, the path, and eventually I realized I have a problem where I just don't follow trails. It's probably me. I'm just stupid. I walked down through all these rocks, and it was, it was so messed up. I was going through bushes. I'm, like, getting dirty again. Sorry, I just remembered the hike that I did where I had that enlightenment experience was, was yesterday, the day before. So this is a fresh new day. So now I'm, like, I'm getting dirty again. I'm like, oh, man, I, I just went through all this shit the other day. I guess this is me. I'm just not good at hiking. I finally get to the bottom. And then in a distance, I, I walk through to this pier. Is that what you call it? Like a... You know, it's like a path and it gets to the end and then there's a ledge and it's fenced off and then you can see the ocean. In a distance, I see it. It's not as big as this photo. It's like, a, it looks tiny, but you can tell it's a big rock. I was, get, I was geeking out because my mind wanders. I like to make pretend I'm in a fantasy fairy tale world. And I'm the way I'm seeing this rock formation, like it's a mystical creature. Like I've just just come across like a dinosaur or like a giant monster that's just chilling in the ocean. And I'm just like, whoa, shit, that's crazy. I'm taking the photos. I take another moment just to take this all in. I'm looking at this beautiful ocean. Clouds are passing by and I'm thinking, shit, you know, I just got to wait um, at least till like midnight or one. It was getting close, but to really see the northern lights, you got to wait till it's like it's the darkest hour. And I'm just praying, like, I hope these clouds pass and I'll see it. Take a photo. And then I look at my camera and there it is, the northern lights, like a, a little stinge, dinge of green, a hint of green. And I realize, like, fast forward, you need to adjust your eyes. It's not as prominent as you'd think. Like you see pictures of it, but it's not quite like that when you see it in real life. And I took more photos just to be sure. And then as I refocused more and more, I stopped, started to really look and there it was, I could see it. Not gonna lie, I was a tiny bit underwhelmed, but my photos captured it and I, I saw it. That's my experience. I don't know if people actually see it as like green as green gets like in the photos that they advertise but I think that's that's it that's all you actually see so I'm like tick congratulations Nathan northern lights achievement unlocked you did it third second or third day you've ticked all these things you've driven you've hiked you've you're at the most northern part of Iceland I'm on a high dude I'm just like I'm brushing my, I'm brushing the dirt off my shoulders. So I strut, start walking back to the car. On, on route to the footpath that I missed, because remember I went through all the bushes, I see the footpath, I start walking straight. Walking, walking, walking. This is where the beginning of my luck turned. As I walked up the hill, 
I can't even build it up. It happens so quick. Right at the footpath, the start of the footpath, I stepped and I flung back. Like, it was so quick. Just, it was like, it was like energy. Just, just, and then bang, sharp pain. Like a really blunt hit type pain. My back is like, like I'm in shock, like adrenaline. Like I just feel it first, but the pain's not registering yet. I'm looking at the sky, the starlit sky, and I'm actually laying on the floor trying to sort of recalibrate, like realize what, wait, what happened? I've realized I've slipped on just, just straight up ice. Like just imagine just landing on your back, but not even just falling, like falling in a sense that Imagine if you just jump in the air and just land on your back, like that kind of impact. So not just slipping and uh, just jump, in, jump up to the air and then land right on your lower back. What made it worse was I had my camera in my pocket. Lucky it didn't break, but bang, it hit my, like it hurt. It really hurt. I thought my first initial reaction was, shit, did I fucking break my back in Iceland? I couldn't get up at the start. I actually couldn't get up because it was slippery. <laughs> that was one. I started crawling. So I started like backwards crawling to get back onto the grass. And I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. And I started trying to get myself together. But I realized every time I would move, my back would hurt. After five or 10 minutes, I was like, I can't. I, I'm alone. It's midnight. I'm in a remote part of Iceland in the bottom of a hill that takes about, it's wasn't a hike, but it wasn't easy to get to. It's a hill that goes up. And I'm like, no, I, I need to get to the car at least. My survival instinct just happened. I was like, nah, I got to get up. So now I'm limping. I'm limping up this hill. I'm like, I'm just assessing. My mind's thinking like, shit, is it, is it, did I fracture it? Did I fracture a bone? It's not broken. If it was broken, I'd be Amagona. Like, it's snowing, by the way. It's, a, it's winter. I'm walking up the pathway. Finally get to the car and get in. And I'm just like, oh, safety. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm just still assessing. I'm like, yeah, I could probably drive. But I realize the longer I stay stiff, like in a station position, when I do move it, it hurts. And I'm like, dude, what if I just, if I stay here, I'm screwed. I'm trying to assess what's the best option. Like, what am I doing? I've got adrenaline now. And I'm just like, I think I might need to just ride it out. Maybe um, my first initial reaction was maybe I will stay here, wait for the sun to come out, start fresh the next morning, like let myself recover a little bit. But then I realized if I let it be, my back is going to be so stiff tomorrow. I'm screwed. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to. Right now, while I've still got the adrenaline in me, I basically just wanted to go home. I wanted to be in my bed by now. Like, the whole trip has taken a turn. The next issue, I turn on the car, pump up the, the heater, because I realize I'm freezing. One thing, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to stay here now, because if I stay here without the heater, I'm going to freeze to death. It's cold, man. I'm freezing. Turn the heater on. I'm like, all right, let it, let it heat. 
first let me like i'm doing back stretches I'm like i can do this i can get back home i'm about three four hours and it's it's past midnight now i look at the petrol gauge i realize i got a quarter left now in my mind i'm having a flashback shit i drove for a long time like rural did i even pass a petrol station i'm like all these all these like scenarios because that's me i overthink and i'm overanalyzing i'm like shit this is when i realize that i can actually get out of shit for someone that sort of just let things happen when it comes down to it when it's time to survive like most humans it's make or break right and i realize i i am capable of getting myself through things i was like nah that's it i'm not gonna die dramatic i know but that's what i was thinking I'm not, i'm not gonna die in iceland dude this is my first trip what the hell I turned the ignition on, straight in my back, foot on the accelerator, turn around. I'm like, go, don't think. Yeah, so uh, if I stay here, I'm just losing petrol because the heat is pumping. If I stay here, I'm going to freeze to death. If I stay here and wait for the sun to come up, my back might feel even worse. It will. Like, you know when you have a back pain or something, the next morning it's 10 times worse. If you've slept in the same position, a slight move, sometimes you can't even move. I drive. I'm driving. I'm not driving fast, but mind you, now I'm awake. I'm concentrated. All these scenarios in my head. What if I break down, run out of petrol? I'm just trying to get out, trying to get to civilization, trying to get the next trying to get to the next petrol station was the highest priority. I'm like, if I get that, I'm sorted. Let's tackle the next thing after that. Thank God after maybe an hour or two getting closer to the capital, Reykjavik. I find a petrol station. I get out. I fill it up. No one's there. Thank God it was a 24-hour petrol station, but I was I filled up and that was the first sign of okay. You're going to survive this. You're going to make it. Get in the car. I keep driving. Driving, 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 driving. I'm looking at the GPS. I'm like, okay. I'm going to make it. Um It's only about an hour away. I'm starting to see things I remember. Mind you, on the way, so I kind of skipped. I could have hyped this up a bit a little bit more, but remember that snow desert I went through? That shit was scary. I was dreading that. I was scared because I'm like, this is not a good place to lose petrol. When I made I made it through the snow desert. I made it through practically a snowstorm because there was mist where I couldn't see anything. within 2 meters in front of my car. So I was driving extremely slow with snowflakes everywhere. I got through that. The weather changes so dramatic in Iceland. That is one thing I need to tell. If you guys do something like this, be wary. Probably don't do this alone. Um but w- be wary that the the climate can change immediately. I I felt this is midnight. I went through a snowstorm and then it's 6:00 o'clock shit. After getting through all of that shit, the first glimpse of hope was when i realized i'm only about 40 minutes my be- my back is aching but i'm almost at reykjavik once i saw the lights i could see it from a distance cuz reykjavik is near the water and where i was um driving was along the coast and at the end of the coast i could just see it. i was like there's home i'm i'm going to make it driving 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 and i finally get there i park the car in relief i was like this is it I made it. Now I'm going to tell you one last thing that happened 
with this particular story. You're probably going to laugh. It doesn't end there. The failure continues. And I told you I'm the king of failure, and this is what you probably came to listen to. So brace yourselves. There's two more fails in this story, and then I'm going to wrap it up. When I parked the car, I couldn't work the headlights. Like, the car was on, but I couldn't turn off the headlights. I'm, like, just trying to turn it off. I'm like, shit, I just want to get out of the car and go home already. I see two European dudes, drunk. I don't know where they were from. They were German or Russian or whatever. One of them looks rowdy as hell. And I see him coming closer to my car. And, like, this is the last thing I need right now. And then he's like, Uber, Uber, you taxi, taxi. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a taxi. I'm not a taxi. And I'm, I'm, I'm opening my window. No, 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 taxi, close taxi. And I'm trying to turn off my car so he knows that th- I'm parking. And then before I could do anything, it's too late. They both jump into my car. One guy sits right next to me and his friend that's not as drunk is in the back. He's like, Dr- take me here. He's being very aggressive. He's like, take me here. And I'm just trying to explain. I'm not, a, I'm not an Uber. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm like you. I'm traveling, bro. I'm, I'm a fellow traveler. Shit, leave me alone. My back's... I can't do anything. I don't fight. That's one thing. Plus, I've already got an incredible disadvantage. I can't even walk. So now this guy starts, like, he starts shouting at me like, then why you got your head? Why are your car's open for? He said in an accent, obviously. And then he's saying he's probably swearing in whatever language it was. Thank God his friend was a bit more reasonable. He's like, no, no, he's he's not a taxi. He's not an Uber. And I'm like, I'm not an Uber, bro. I'm not a taxi. He finally leaves, slams the door. And I'm like, shit. Finally, (laughs) finally found a way to work the car and turn it off. And I'm like, I'll tell you right now, I was contemplating driving them home just to avoid shit. If it escalated anymore, I was thinking like, should I just drive them home? Like, this couldn't get any worse. I might as well take them home. They can't be that far. But yeah, I got out of that. So avoided having to be an Uber for the night because I was in no state. I was, I drove three hours with a messed up back. I'm tired. I've been out the whole day. I've done all this hiking and sightseeing hours of driving, eight hours of driving. I just want to be in bed. When I got home, dirty, injured, I finally got inside the hostel. Everyone's sleeping. I didn't even bother changing. I, what I was wearing then is disgusting. This is disgusting. I just went into bed, took my hiking shoes, shoes off full of mud, and I just went to bed. Here's the next and final fail before I wrap this up. The next day, because of my stupid planning, I booked another accommodation for an Airbnb. I don't know why. I can't remember at the time, logistically, maybe it made sense. So I'm home and it's about 2 or 3 o'clock a.m., I don't know, some ridiculous hour of, of, the, of the evening, and I'm going to have to check out in the morning anyway, like 9 or something, to get to the new Airbnb. And in my mind, I'm already like, I just need to recover. So I figured I'll wake up early, drive to the... Um, this, is, this is the messed up part. I had to return the car and then go to the new accommodation. And I have all my luggage. I'm going to try and speed this up. Woke up, three hours sleep, back's messed up. Pack my stuff, shower, clean everything. Get to the car. 
I figured logistically, I got all my stuff. Maybe I can check into the Airbnb, leave my stuff there. So that way, when I drop the car, I don't have to bring this giant wheelie bag because I can't, my back's sore. When I got to the Airbnb, I realized I had booked another hostel. It was a shared B&B. And I'm not, I'm not, even, I'm not even talking separate rooms. Imagine one tiny room with eight bunks. When I opened the Airbnb, I could see people sleeping and it was just, it was feral. There was no air. It looked like some sort of refugee camp type setup. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this right now. I'm di- I need my own room because I am dying. I left, I forfeited that Airbnb. And once again, survival, I'm in the middle of the city. I've got a car to return. I started looking for other hotels nearby. I started walking around knocking, asking, hey, what's the price for a room for a night? It's something ridiculous, like 300 pounds. And I'm like, okay, bye. Rather sleep on the street or go back to the Airbnb that I was going to forfeit. I couldn't do another shared thing. Like, that's right. I booked an Airbnb because I wanted one night to be alone. And now I realize I didn't. I finally find somewhere decent. It's not the best. I get there to check in and I'm like, hey, um... Is the room ready? It's like, it's not ready. I booked it on the day, so obviously it's not ready. I said, can I leave my stuff here? I still got to return this car. And then by the time I come back, maybe the room will be free. It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's all good. I get back to the car, drive to the rental company, drop the, the, car, the, the car. And I'm thinking like, I hope this ends soon. I'm dying. I'm like, I've got no sleep. I spent my whole morning trying to find a new accommodation and now I've hit the rental. I'm not going to do the whole hour walk again. Remember when I did the walk going to the rental company? Now I don't have a car. Thank goodness the, the, the rental company drops um, customers back to the city. And I just waited for 20 minutes. They dropped me off to the main center. I walked back and I was like, is the room ready? And they're like, yeah, room's ready. Come in. Got my stuff. Went into my room. And I was like, thank God. Only then was when I really figured, like, I finally feel safe. Like, I could drop my survival instinct. And that's when I felt everything. Like, my back pain amplified. Because the whole time, I was just keeping it in. I'm limping, walking, and driving with a sore back. No sleep. I've practically been awake for almost 24 to 48 hours. And now I'm like, I'm not going to go out. Like, part of me says I'm wasting the travel, but I realized you need downtime for this type of shit. So I rode off that day. And then the next day I figured I'm about to start my guided tour. And if I do this tour with the messed up back, am I going to miss all this stuff I book? I've spent this much money. I don't want to miss the glacier hike, the caves, the just all that shit. I was so paranoid. So the next day I caught a cab and went to the hospital I called my travel insurance. I'm like, I'm going to lodge a claim. I think I may have injured my back. I'm here at the hospital now and I'm here to get checked. So to wrap this up, I finally see the nurse. And I'm overdramatic. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit overdramatic. And I'm like, hey, nurse, um, I think I broke my back. And she laughed. She laughed at me. She, she's like, no, if you broke your back, you, you wouldn't be able to walk. I said, okay, okay, I fractured my back. And she's like, no, again, you didn't. And then basically she, in long story short, she mentioned, if you want to go through this process, which you can, 
Um, we can definitely do the x-ray check, but there's a huge procedure. We're going to have to take a deposit, not a deposit. We're going to have to charge you for it, which is a lot of money. And the, the whole procedure to get the insurance is going to take a long time. But long story short, I'm pretty sure you just like not even fractured, just you got, you sprained your back. Basically, that's it. It's not fractured. Like she said that sort of under the table type consultation, like without confirming it, it's probably not. And hearing that was enough to be like, thank God. Because if it was like a, like a fracture to my actual spine, that's an issue. But, uh, but when I told her that, when I described the pain, how like, yeah, I can still do this. I can still walk. It's like, it's, it's probably just, you know, you probably just sprained it or it's like, you know, it's hit. That's all. But it's not fractured. That whole going to the hospital thing, that was all just for me to be at ease. Because if I went to my guided tour with at least thinking that it might be fractured, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. I'd just be constantly thinking like, am I just making it worse? Am I, you know? And yeah, as the days went by, it started getting better. I started feeling better. I went on my guided tour. It's through Arctic Adventures. Great company. It was, um, it was a fun trip. We did it. I did everything. I did, I did glacier hikes. I did, stayed at really nice hotels. Um, food's expensive. If they ask you if you want to eat, it's not actually free. When I ate at the hotel, um, then they charged me right before we left. And I was like, oh, I thought it was part of the deal. It's not. Be careful. It's like 40 pounds, something ridiculous. But yeah, I want to wrap this up with saying in terms of preference with guided tours or free roam, um, if you're curious, my opinion is free roam, I had the best time. That's when I had that moment for me. That's when I felt so independent and like, like as bad as that incident happened with me or multiple incidents, like look at the story I can tell from it. I'm not telling stories about the guided tour. I can tell you the guided tour was amazing. I saw waterfalls. Like I saw more on the guided tour because as you do, you go on the tour, bus stops, get out, take your photos, back in the bus, go. That's a tour. That's what you, that's what you pay for tick everything off at once. When I free roamed, I didn't see shit. I saw that North Troll at, at night where you could hardly see it. I saw that valley that's not really that known, but that's special to me. I'm probably never going to do a guided tour like this one, but I do encourage it if it's your first, because it was my first solo trip and I didn't know any better. And if I just kept doing the, the solo thing, like I said, I wouldn't have seen Iceland in that way. Now that I'm a bit, bit more knowledgeable, these things I can do alone. But long story short, as an opinion, if it's your first time, it doesn't hurt to do what I did. And that's half-half. Spend a couple of days for you just to do whatever, just to get a feel of traveling alone. And then hit up a guided tour just to make sure you don't miss any important things. Um, and that's my Iceland story. I hope I told that well. Usually while I'm telling the stories, I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm missing things. I'm all over the place and going too long. But it's, like I said, um, it's a story I've been wanting to share ever since I did it. And losing the footage from it really devastated me because I was like, wow, I should have just done it when I had it, when I was in the, in the, um, in the moment of making vlogs consistently. It was always there ready to be made I just didn't put it together and that's why I am committing to this podcast just to continually document and you know tell my story 
as it comes past, present, and future. So yeah, that's um, that's Iceland for you, and why I like solo travel, why it makes me anxious. If you don't know already, I am on Instagram as Where in the World Podcast. Um, everything I post there is always going to be related to a podcast episode. So it's it's a great way for me to revisit places I've been because as I do these, they'll come back and I'll post them. There'll be references there. If you follow it and you listen to this, at least there's a bit more context. It's not just posting a photo for the sake of it. There's a story behind these photos. So do follow me. I reply to everything. I hate asking for this, but if you've gotten this far, I would really appreciate if you just give this video a like on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube, and most of all, just send me a comment below. Send an audio message below. Take a wild guess of the on the Where in the World competition. And if there's anything in this video that resonates with you, send me something below. I'll respond. I'll bring it up in the next episode. Solo traveling scares me so much. I haven't done it in a while, but every time I've done it, I've questioned why, and then I remember why, and then when I go, it's the best experience, and it's been the best trips that I've ever done. And this has inspired me. Just doing this has made me think, shit, I haven't done a solo trip in a while, so I'll keep you guys posted if I do something soon. If you have any suggestions, any more experienced travelers, if you know anywhere else that I could do, let me know in the comments below because I'm itching to go somewhere. Anyway, much love, guys. Um, peace, love, take care. I'm so awkward solo, man, solo podcasting, but we're going to iron this out. I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to be really comfortable doing this. But thank you guys once again. It's just nice. It's just nice. It's nice. It's nice, yo. Right, humidifier? I didn't even talk to you the entire trip entire podcast it's okay you're my friend right yeah green means yes right oh it's red it's a no all right peace guys see you next next week Bruh.